Welcome to Enter the Chat Podcast, where we talk about video games, anime, and all things nerdy. I'm one of your co-hosts, Siri. I'm your other co-host, Qua. So now let's enter the chat. All right, so what are we talking about today, Siri? Well, it is the end of the holiday weekend when we're recording this, but it also is the end of Crunchyroll Expo, the virtual conference. Yeah. So we talked about that in our last podcast. It was an experience, right? It's definitely different. Um, Last episode, we talked about the different sessions that we wanted to see. And then, you know, Friday, I think, was our busiest schedule. Yeah. Yeah. We had things back to back, overlapping. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like I was on my computer all day. And there were some I mean, on now. Saturday, and then yeah, even smaller on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I watched any on Sunday. Did I? Was the visual novel one one on Sunday? Yes, it was. Okay, so that was um, the one I did watch. Yeah, that ended up being the last one I watched. Even though I had things on the calendar, I just kind of got lost in making my dinner, and I completely just went over my head but um, to be honest it went more over my head if it wasn't for you i'd probably forget that i was watching something (laughs) hey i do my best i do my best yeah yeah so me and siri (laughs) compiled uh like a calendar schedule listing for all three days when i say we i really mean siri did it i kind of just gave her which ones i wanted to go to and siri kind of compiled it for me color-coded it everything and he even got confused he started putting pst Pacific Standard Time, and then asked me, "Oh, I'm missing it." And I'm like, "No, that's PST. We're two hours later than what yeah, it's supposed so, to be." <laughs> and then she would remind me. But to be fair, I was also working, so I was, I was just, you know, I was caught up with work and doing other things. And then she would say, "Hey, are you watching this?" And I said, "Wait, that's right now." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it. I mean, I'm like one of those people that I like to live text or live reaction yeah. things because I want to talk about what I'm learning, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing with someone because cons you usually go with your friends. Mm-hmm. I realize it's really different this time because, I mean, typically when I go to a convention and go check out a panel and schedule, that's all I'm doing. But this is I'm at home, I'm doing other things. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges for me during this weekend was because I was just also doing other things while I was trying to tune into all the different streaming videos and all the panels that they had available, right? Um, Maybe because, I mean, because I was working too, but I guess I felt like I was more on top of the schedule that I set out to do because I do have easily accessible uh, medium to it. That sounded mm-hmm. so weird to say out loud. I had more easy access to it versus, you know, having to walk across a convention center to go all the way because I found myself I find myself at these conventions I mark down which ones I want like as soon as I get there but then they start dropping off mm. because because I spend so much time at artist alley in the exhibit room then <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'll just hey, miss phys- this, this panel it's fine <laughs> hey physical fatigue is a thing too so right um, but um, I know towards the end of the day at a, a con I would actually get tired and not go to certain ones like maybe there's a comedy panel and i'll think it's kind of funny i might want to go but at the end of the day my my legs are about to give out and 
that's just how con experience are. Yeah, no, it's definitely real. I've, you know, I made plans with friends sometimes. I wanted to go to the rave and I'm just like, Ugh, I'm tired. But one thing I will say, a pro versus a con for the con, A, ha. is... Ha. <laughs> ha. Siri's got jokes. I'm I'm pun queen. Uh is you don't you won't run into any limitations in the rooms in a virtual setting versus when you go to an actual con in person, they would cap the room because it's too crowded. Does that True. make sense? Yes. So, so that's definitely one people. plus. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like in in this one, because we lose that in person, everybody's quiet in the room. You get to actually talk with people as the the sessions are going on. So we saw some interesting comments. Yeah, I'll, I'll screenshotting some chat chat <laughs> logs to Siri this weekend. And then some I things that passed funny. by, I was like, really? <laughs> I forget what just, it was, but... Yeah, so for listeners, just, just imagine a, a bunch of Twitch trolls on a Twitch stream. And this is basically what you have in the chat. It's a bunch of Twitch trolls. <laughs> but you know what? I did see a lot that there's somebody modding everything because there were like links spam links were deleted right away and then people like oh Mm. my god i'm like this comment was deleted or so they're on top of it It seemed like crunchyroll team the crunchyroll team had a really tight-knit process and and yeah yeah uh i think one more thing we should probably talk about is probably the quality um i i noticed a lot of them had audio issues uh really but that's more like a remote thing i guess because they a lot of them use their own equipment to record their voices so some of them had really bad audio it would cut in and out on some of the ones i watched yeah and And one of them she had static in the background but it wasn't too bad i can't complain too much i've been to a couple conferences where their live feed where they were kind of hosting the sessions one after the other they cut out a lot Mm -hmm. um and so you but then at that point they would just stop using the mic right and they just use their voice to kind of project if they could if it was a small enough room because i've had issues of that at cons that i went to where the room was small enough and if the mic wasn't working they would just stand up and mm-hmm. do their yeah do their spiel. shout <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely think that it w- this was a good experience overall i didn't hate anything i think that a lot of the sessions i went to aside from the industry stuff you know announcements and all that i learned a lot Mm-hmm. I actually really learned a lot. Um, one of those being one that Qua and I sat in yesterday. Not yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Sunday. It was yesterday. Um, making your own visual novel. Um, that one was really I, interesting. Yeah, I love visual novel games. So this is why I pick, put this on the schedule. And it just seems like such a simple setup and concept. But the speaker, and I want to say her name correctly. Mikomi. Mikomi Kasomi. But she said, call yeah. me Miko. So Miko, yeah. she did a great job breaking it down by like steps. You need to uh, develop the script. Then you need to have graphic artists. You need a background. And then you need these different programs. So she provided a lot of resources and context as to the process of developing and publishing a visual novel game. And it was very easily understandable too. It didn't go over my head. She made sure to explain concepts and the jargon of certain things like the coding I forget what specific coding it was but yeah i learned a lot from that uh, i also learned a lot from cosplay tips and tricks i learned a pro strat from one of the four people talking on that panel you can use magnets in cosplay you to can... attach armor right i remember this <laughs> yeah 
Qual and I were leaving live comments in our Discord server. Um, yeah, so you just put a like a really strong magnet underneath your like shirt sleeve, and then you attach the other part to the armor, and it sticks. And the guy was moving his arm, and I was like, "That is so cool." <laughs> so I, I just feel like I got a lot of good, new, valuable information. Not saying in person cons don't, but I think I get so uh, what's it called tunnel vision. Tunnel vision of being at the con i'm not mm -hmm. really digesting the information as well like a sponge yeah and then <laughs> when you were talking about the magnets i was just thinking that's really cool for like if you just need to take it off really quick and then put it back on later it's just snap on snap off kind of kind of thing so i thought that was pretty cool mm -hmm. yeah um, and she was telling me about how uh some person like teased their hair in like seconds and i was like oh that's like magic right it was because i I, I was doubtful because i mean i don't know why i did because they're clearly experts in this but um in the in the same same session cosplay tips and tricks the woman that was working on the wig she didn't put any product in it in the in the hair she just had her i guess it was like a fine wire comb which i probably need to invest in myself but she just like took the hair in chunks and found what she did and she, listeners you can't see me do this but she took the hair held it up and they just started, you know, teasing it backwards. And I was like, okay, well, I do that to my hair and it doesn't do anything. And then she let go and it was like, poof. It was like a poof. And so she compared it to like, you know, if you want to do a, a Super Saiyan like Vegeta or Goku, this is a great tip for that. I did it for Ryoko from Tenshi Universe. And I was just like, okay. Like, uh, again, learning. I was learning mm -hmm. so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I tuned into too many learning ones. Besides the cooking one, which one was that one? Anime with foodies, I think was the title. Anime right? foodies, laid back yeah. camp. That one, yeah, yeah that, that, one, that was actually a really good one too. That one was really good. Every food they put up just looked really amazing. It all came from an anime show called Laid Back Camp, I believe. I don't know what the Japanese name is, but I mean, it looks like a really wholesome camping show. <laughs> and the guy basically replicated all the recipes on that show, and they all looked really good and easy to make. They weren't difficult at all. And I, I think he even tried them actually camping too because he had like setups. Yeah. Screenshots of him going to camp uh with all these recipes. Yeah, that was a great one. And um the the folks who did that one, I'm pulling it up. Cause they have an uh, they have a Tumblr page where you can grab all the recipes. Oh, okay. Uh, this one was done by NOS anime, N-O-S. Capital N, lowercase o, capital S, anime. I put the link in Discord when we were mm. listening in on it. But yeah, they have all the recipes there that you can do step by step. It's like traditional like ingredients and then the steps. So mm. I thought that was really cool too. We got some new recipes we got to try now. <laughs> yeah. They're, the, the one that made me laugh the most was the steam buns. You remember that? <laughs> yes. So 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 he basically makes his own gyoza sauce, but he buys pre-made steam buns, and I just thought that was so funny <laughs> because you could easily just buy your own gyoza sauce too. True, true. Yeah, I was I was hoping he would show how to make the steam bun. Yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. been really cool. But I would have loved to make that my own on my own. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh wait, you didn't make the steam bun, but you made your own gyoza sauce, which I think would actually cost more money than actually buying gyoza sauce out. But I don't know. How do I know? I've never made gyoza sauce, so wouldn't know. I guess. I mean, it, I kind of ran I ran into this once when I was trying to make pesto 
like homemade pesto and I needed a lot of I needed a lot of basil leaves, but the store didn't have an abundance of it. So I was getting a lot of packages. And um, one of my friends, he was like, why are you getting so many? Why don't you just buy it pre-made? I feel like it would save you a lot of money. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see that it could probably cost more to make it from scratch. Yeah. A lot of really cool soups he made. A lot of hot pot type stuff for sure. Yeah, I was really interested in his uh, soupy spaghetti, I think is what he called it. Yeah, like the, the Sichuan one. Like the No, no, not the Sichuan one. This one is more like, it was like a chicken alfredo, but without uh, chicken and other stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't a traditional spaghetti. It was like a, a soupy chicken alfredo. Um, chicken. It looked really good, but it just, it doesn't sound appealing. Like if you say the word, but <laughs> trust me, the picture made it look really good. <laughs> Yeah, I remember hearing, I was like, that doesn't look appetizing, but okay. <laughs> or doesn't sound appetizing, I should say. I mean, yeah. all the. All and then the... He, I remember I was laughing when he would say, all these bite sized pieces, but each piece was about like two bites. <laughs> They're pretty big chunks. Yeah, I hate that. That was the gyoza one, too. Bite sized yeah. gyoza. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nope, definitely gonna need two bites for those. Oh, no. Oh, no. Or maybe he defines bite size as a single bite and you don't bite Isn't the second piece. Isn't that what bite size is? I don't know. What it means? I don't know. <laughs> That's what it means. It takes one bite. <laughs> no, no. It takes one bite to bite it in half. And then the second one, you don't actually bite it. You just put it in your mouth. Pretty sure bite size means you eat it one, all in one, one bite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay vocabulary okay. lesson for yeah the day. sure sure speaking of food the snacking through japan with boxy was really interesting so basically danny tang introduced the idea and then he showed four segments of a documentary he did where he traveled around it was basically like those cooking or cooking travel shows you see on food network or a travel network or even on youtube where they go to different countries like and- guy fieri yeah diners and yeah. i don't know Dinner, diners, and drives. I don't know. You know the show I'm talking about. Yeah. So he just basically goes to these different candy snack makers. And I'm watching, uh, what's that one show with the, oh, he does all the like candy, like Mark Summer, Mark Summers. Hold on. Let me Google that real quick. It's ironic that Siri has to Google. Yes. Mark Summers from Unwrapped. Oh, uh, Unwrapped. Oh, that's a yes. good show. That's basically what the documentary was. Oh, so it was pre recorded, it wasn't live. Yes, the docu- documentary was already made, like for mm-hmm. his own, for Danny Tang's own what content creation, but then he just showed parts of it in oh, the I see. session. Yeah, it was really interesting to see how different candies are made, and a lot of these companies, they again, this is me learning. You know, they're all family businesses, which is not shocking, but it's just really interesting that the kids like to continue the candy making and stuff and mm-hmm. you got to see different desserts and I, was, I was hungry by the end of it i'm like, i need to order myself a box too <laughs> so. oh tell us about that because uh, i remember you mentioning boxu boxes they're like subscription services where you order the food and they come to your door or like you get an assortment of snacks but then you can also get them all a cart where you have a selection of 150 to 200 uh, I actually haven't done it yet, but I'm going to pull it up right now because I think it'd be beneficial to just get a taste of Japanese culture through the snacks. I think I said that on our last episode, too, but some Japanese snacks do sound really good, though. They look really good. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to find the a la carte stuff. 
Yeah, yeah I was I was meaning to go back and watch that episode. Not episode, that uh VOD, but I was late today apparently. I think they closed the VODs for Crunchyroll Expo today. at like mid or noon or something like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I checked around two and I didn't find any VODs left. Alright. I was gonna check out the cosplay show too. <laughs> oh yeah, that that would have been really cool to see how they conducted it but it seemed like the twitter for Crunchyroll expo was pretty lively like announcing the winners and everything so okay. um you can see the highlights there um sorry i'm looking at the, the thing the thing the boxu website yeah they've got cheese arare salted truffle flavor they've got teas which they always include in the assortment they got like corn chips and that fit that fish dessert thing milk candy they've got a whole bunch of stuff so and it's actually not even bad i think i'm looking at the site right now oh they have the, they have the different types of kit kat oh it's uh 37 a month if you choose a year it's a lot of snacks and you get tea it was yeah. they, it always comes with a quite tea a bit well. of food <laughs> it's quite, quite a bit, a bit of, food. of food it's quite a bit of food anyway i'm getting distracted by food i'm getting hungry i'm hungry i'm gonna switch gears real quick because this was one of the ones I really wanted to see, and I'm glad I sat in on it. The anime and race session mm-hmm. with author Roland Kelts, who I actually forgot. I, I read his book, Japan America, for my anime class in college. Um, that one's just basically about how Japanese culture kind of infiltrated the U.S., basically. And then they had Artel Isom, who is uh, an owner of a, a Black-owned studio for anime, and they have their own original content and stuff. So... Uh, Kwan and I sat in that one and we were kind of going back and forth and it was just a very good insightful conversation about race and the portrayal of black characters and the discourse around how anime characters are perceived whether they're Japanese or white anyway I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk the whole time (laughs) I'll let you jump into (laughs) no no um I I tuned into that one with you and I remember that one pretty well because i remember when i jumped in they were talking about ghost in the shell right with scarlett johansson with scarlett johansson and how the difference in reactions between the west versus japan like in japan people are like oh yeah we have such a great actress portraying um the ghost in shell heroine and then in like america and the west they were all like no no it has to be an asian and it was just an interesting conversation they had because they both saw saw the different reactions from both sides of the world and it kind of just shows how accepting the japanese people are of like western western culture i guess and then and it's a bit of like the west or america trying to keep the racial stuff consistent through the movie i guess i don't know it, it was an interesting idea um because i didn't realize that uh that it was just two different opinions from from the both sides of the country. And then even getting just a little deeper into it, uh, Roland and Artel actually disagreed on a few things in their conversation. Roland would assert one thing. I can't remember specifics. I just I was just more astounded that, not, not me not astounded, I was more encouraged to see that even though they had different views, not saying one was racist, one wasn't, it was more of like they saw things one way and then they counter-argued their points in a very productive and healthy way without mm-hmm. it getting 
too heated to it's my way you're wrong kind of thing they mm -hmm. just presented different arguments and different perspectives on different situations and i think that's yeah. how a lot of debates or discussions about serious topics should be so i applaud roland kelts and artelis for sure yeah that was a very very interesting panel i liked that one a lot i'm glad we tuned in for it it was late and in the then day. i think <laughs> it was late in the day i think that was probably right and when i was wrapping eight. up work <laughs> yeah. yeah i think the only other panel or thing on the schedule i actually watched a bit of was oh no there's two more i actually watched the how to get started with mecca anime talk about so, mecca yeah so that one i can't say i enjoyed it too too much it was kind of dry for me um but they did go through a bunch of mecca anime that i haven't seen yet and they kind of went through like the different tropes of mecca mecca anime that there's like a sports one there's a yes there's a sports mecca anime can you imagine that i think you probably might know it too because i believe it aired on toonami i can't remember the name of it but it's basically robots that raced on a track like humans piloting mechs that raced on a track and that's how uh, i can look it up later because I, I don't remember what it's called but <laughs> i believe it aired on toonami and then there is like the well-known ones that they talked about gurren lagan Promare, that came up a lot. Promare came up a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, the latest, latest fad, right? Promare is really good. Uh, I do need to watch that one. Yeah, and then they talked about there was this one. They, I think it was called Buster, Grand Buster, or something like that. And that was one of the OG mech animes that kind of started the whole Gurren Lagann series and all the rest of the mech animes that kind of have the same shape. And then the only other panel I watched was the One Piece one. I didn't watch the movie part of it. They did release a movie, but then once it started, I realized it was just an older movie that they had filmed back in 2016 or 2008, 2016 with the Drum Island arc with Chopper. But it was a twist on it because it had characters that had not been seen yet in that arc. So they kind of had all the extra characters in there and that was just like a different telling of the story. But I did catch all the interviews with the the voice casts of the Japanese One Piece. And it was kind of interesting kind of seeing... I've heard their voices for so long, right? Because I've watched this anime since I don't know how long ago. But I've watched it for so long. And I recognized all their voices. And I don't know their names. Um, I'm terrible with names. Voice actor names especially. But I know their voices. And it's just interesting when you meet them because, oh, I didn't meet them in person. I, I met them through, you know, the portal <laughs> virtual camera thing. But it was just so interesting to see these people talk about their characters and how they feel about them and kind of like what their favorite parts of the show have been. Uh, I remember <laughs> I remember the voice actor for Chopper. She's talking about uh, Chopper's personality and why he was so isolated or, or isolated from his from his friends and family and she's like i think it's because of his nose and i was like wait what and she's like he had a blue or red nose and then she i was out in my head i was thinking wait he's been your character for how long and you don't remember what color of his nose is and you she was scared him as you record <laughs> <laughs> and um she was so funny because she was just like oh it was it has to be blue it was blue 
it was blue <laughs> people were like trying to correct her because originally she was going for the red color she's like yeah rudolph the red nose reindeer you know so <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so chopper is a, a reindeer with a blue nose and that's why he was like kicked out of his family is basically why because he had a blue nose and they were like no we don't like blue noses here yeah yeah so that happened yeah poor poor guy basically he's based off rudolph the red nose reindeer but his nose is blue instead oh <laughs> um sad. yeah oh. and there's some other ones like some of the characters don't have devil fruit powers so i believe the voice actor that i saw was sanji's voice actor he's the chef for one piece but he also doesn't have any devil fruit powers so they asked him, if you had to eat a devil fruit power, what would you eat? And he kind of like avoided the question. He was just like, you know, if I had to eat a devil fruit power, I would probably eat whatever Sanji would eat. And then I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't even answer the question. And he uh, <laughs> he said, but then again, not being able to swim would really suck. Not that I swim a lot, but it would suck. Because when you eat a devil fruit, um, you gain like this strange magical power and you lose the ability to swim and you can tell like being a pirate and not being able to swim kind of sucks but i mean that's like part of the right. the downside or the weakness in the show to not make overpowered characters even though there's still overpowered characters despite the inability to swim so yeah so they can't swim but can they float like the can they nope. just wait once in the they water? touch seawater they sink immediately <sighs> that's so yeah. unfortunate ay, ay, yeah. Ay. yeah it's pretty interesting um, there's a lot of like rules and how to apply your abilities and stuff in that show. And it's just been interesting as the years go on because he keeps adding different nuances to the powers. I don't I'm know if you'll ever get into it. Well, we'll see. I'm intimidated by stuff like that. You know that. But I'm glad you're able to sit in on that. One. I know that was one of your top ones for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't remember what else I stopped in. Oh, I did go into the Shonen Manga one shonen manga that one was talking about like the different shonen manga that have gone through history kind of just a documentary of how shonen manga has evolved and it was kind of interesting going from like the first few ones like astro boy detective conan and then kind of like going into the the newer stuff but i mean it was interesting but at the same time it's like a history lesson <laughs> literally like, it was a history lesson <laughs> yeah oh my god that's yeah funny. But yeah, overall, I feel like I did learn a lot. Yeah, on, it was on this convention. Yeah, and like I get, like I said earlier, it, it's not that we don't learn in the in-person ones because there's definitely well, I learned about the different star ratings for Kobe beef versus American quote-unquote Kobe beef. It's a random um, one. That was in. Learn uh, that? I learned that in Momocon 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so they, this guy where, literally went to Japan. that one? Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the guy, this is just quick history of what I learned. Just this guy, he went to Japan and like interviewed like the meat, the meat industry people and like how the ratings work. And actually, we Americans, we we grade our beef much more generously than Japan does. Like what mm. is probably a B plus here. I don't know what the actual rating. I forget what it is. But like say it, we, we say this beef is B plus. Japan would call it a C minus or something like that. It's F. like two, <laughs> yeah, fail. Yeah, and then like the 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 marbling of the meat makes a difference in the taste. Like it was it was very interesting. Um, that was actually not Probably one if, that I, huh? I think that if 
wagyu beef and like all the japanese beef like it also depends on what you feed it as well exactly and they went to the science of like what they're fed and then like the breeding where it's like oh i'm not gonna give it justice but anyway that was one that my best friend wanted to go see and i was just like oh you know what about stopping in on this one but let me go in and i was just like oh, i learned so much <laughs> but yeah usually the panels i go to in person i guess they're a lot more social ones where there's like yeah. a panel of people just having a conversation or voice actors doing a q a just ones I, that i guess or um facetime with guests with yeah i really like the ones uh if we're going to talk about uh in-person conventions i really like the ones that tell stories not horrible stories like the ones you've heard but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but stories funny stories or something like funny videos i remember japanese commercials those were really fun panels where we watched like terrible terrible japanese commercials oh my god i think i sat in on that one too yeah those are so fun they're hilarious oh what uh, was that one i saw oh my god it was like long long man Is yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a taffy candy um it's like a drama yeah. and- <laughs> And they have a bunch of commercials, but that company decided to make it a whole like romantic drama with this taffy like candy. Asian drama. Yeah, just it like was great. Dramatic effect. Like and this, Asian drama. this stretched across probably like a few years is how long that that went on. Oh my God. Yeah, long, long, man. You can watch it Google it on YouTube. You can search it on YouTube and you'll probably find the video. Um, it's probably one of the most viral ones ever. Uh, there's a couple other videos too. If you just look up funny Japanese commercials, you'd probably find a ton. And then I so, also went to this one was it was a was he a cosplayer? Yeah, he was a cosplayer who had been to many different conventions, and he decided to tell horror stories of the conventions he's been to, like weird situations he's been in or weird experiences he's had. And it was he was just such a great storyteller because he just made everything so dramatic and <laughs> it was so entertaining. This was at Anime Matsuri last year. I don't think I think you had already left Siri when the, I when I went to this panel or you went to a different panel. I'm not sure. Um, maybe. maybe you went to the horrible stories one. <laughs> no, that was Stan Japan. Okay. Was- um, but yeah, so <laughs> I went to this panel. It was great. Um, so those are the kinds of panels I like to go to or uh, ones that are like related to animes that I'm currently watching. Those are a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, I realized we never really talked about the different things you can go to at an in-person convention in the like, last one. Like uh, uh, there's like the live action role playing LARPing, as they say. I don't know if you've seen those. Or have you gone to check those out? I've before? seen I've seen L A R R P, but now I know what it stands for. Oh, okay, live action role playing. So I know at Anime Matsuri and OniCon, they both had really large setup rooms where you could go LARP. Basically, you bring your you either bring your own Nerf, Nerf protected weapons or armor, or you could borrow theirs and you would just whack people. And there's like a point system and team based system and stuff like that. Wow, they I, I was gonna go check see what activities like like that they had virtually for country world expo but they took everything down already yeah they did i checked and they already have the date for next year set (laughs) they're ready they're ready yeah okay um i don't know if they had that for this virtual one i don't know how you would be able to do that i i I mean even the artist gallery i was like oh you guys actually have an artist gallery talk about that actually yes 
um so again i mentioned earlier that i get i get get lost not in a bad way i get lost in the artist alley exhibit hall because i just love looking at people's artwork and i love supporting artists and so uh, and I also have a tradition where every con I go to, I have to get a at least one keychain as like a memorabilia thing. So I naturally got I got two from Crunchyroll Expo Virtual Conference. I got a Dobby and a Senku. Claude and I were looking at Artist Alley together, like the virtual Artist Alley. And basically, they just have a list of all the ex- all the artists that were going to participate in the live con. And you can just look at, click on each one, and then you get a short description. You see some of their artwork, and then they have the links to websites and Instagrams and Twitters. And so um, you get to. I think that was a really more organized way to look at people's stuff. If you really sat down and looked at every single person, you wouldn't miss anybody. Yeah, it also yeah. helps if you have claustrophobia or something, because Artist yeah. Alley definitely is a crowded area. Like, yeah. just imagine like small, tiny, what three feet alleys maybe between the stalls the aisles three or four yeah. Or five, yeah the aisles and uh that's pretty much what you're going to be walking into is just aisles and aisles of anime and video game stuff to buy what's that called merchandise merchandise there we go that's the word. <laughs> it's definitely crowded but you do get to see people's cosplays you get to you know meet people you meet the artists you know i've i've drummed up a few conversations with artists and that's actually how I met her name is Tiffany. She's the artist for my book that I'm getting published. I met her at San Japan. So that's really great for networking too. If you really mm-hmm. want to get in, if you really want to get into a networking mindset. And then you get to see I, I'm when I shop, I have to see things in person. Like even when I go clothes shopping, I have to try stuff on. I can't do online shopping. Although mm-hmm. buying a keychain is you didn't. different. <laughs> buying a keychain is different than trying on clothes but it's like i like to see the stuff in person and the quality and sometimes you they run out of something and so it's like oh well i guess it wasn't meant to be but -hmm. now that you have access to the entire store through a virtual con you can just buy everything (laughs) well they could still run out true true yes i did some of the shops actually closed already what do you mean their virtual shops, they closed it after the convention because they wanted to stop production before they got overloaded. So they would stop the orders when the convention ended. Because in the advertisements between sessions and then on the homepage of Crunchyroll Expo, they had like the, the arts district, shopping district. There was something else. There were four. I didn't catch them all. They definitely had different stuff to do. Oh, they had a scavenger hunt, a virtual scavenger hunt, which I oh, think right, is right. really yeah. fun. They were promoting Onyx Equinox, their original uh, Crunchyroll's original anime. And you basically had to go find QR codes, I guess, throughout the website, throughout sessions. Mm-hmm. I found one in Artist Alley. But I think that's a cool interactive way to keep people engaged. I didn't participate because I was working also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been fun to see what, what they thought of creatively if you completed it i remember reading this if you completed the scavenger hunt you would be able to enter for your chance to win a year of premium crunchy roll hey there you go that's a lot of money it's a lot of money 7.99 a month really builds up (laughs) but i guess um that would make sense for i guess younger folks yeah it would be a it would be a good it'd be a good uh game for them to play while they're trying to go through the convention and stuff i mean it was cool because you could also it, it kind of reminded me of PAX South when I went there 
this last January. Oh, that's uh, right. They did have, they have little scanning QR codes. And if you got all of them, um, well, no, for the one I went to, they had it kind of like it was a faction thing. So if you joined a faction and your faction won, you'd be entered to do to win something. I don't remember what it was, but it was like it was like bragging rights and something else. But <laughs> always with the bragging yeah, rights. I was in the winning faction, but I mean, it didn't really matter because I didn't stay there all three days. I left on the third day. Um, on the third day. But yeah, so that was a pretty well done virtual convention. Talking about Crunchyroll Expo? Yeah, not yeah. Pack South. Pack South, not. Speaking <laughs> of which, Pack South will be this weekend, right? It's all encompassing September. of all PAXs? No, Pack South on, or Pax Online. Sorry. I was talking about Pax Online's virtual thing. So that'll be another one we will be attending. And it's a, That's a, a whole week, week long. long. Week long, yeah. It's a week long convention. Uh, Pax is just as a quick summary for those of you who don't know who Pax, what Pax is, they stand for Penny Arcade. I don't know what the X stands for. I think I think it's just there. <laughs> so Penny Arcade X. So Penny Arcade is the company, and they basically have connections with a bunch of like gaming companies, like arcade type stuff. And they decide to throw, create this convention. I don't remember where they started, but I do remember they just have a lot of different conventions across the U.S. and some in other countries as well. Uh, I know there's a PAX in Australia, and I think there's a PAX in Brazil, and one in London. Hmm. But they invite all the big gaming companies out. Board games are there, a lot of the arcade stuff, and a lot of Artist Alley stuff. Yeah, so just think of it as, it's basically a con, but it's more geared towards games. Gaming. Yeah, yeah correct. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. I went to it for the first time in January uh, to Pack South in San Antonio. And man, there are so many games. There's like indie games that are like not out yet, but they had like trial stations for you. What? Wait, did you went this past January? Yeah. That's right, it you did. It was in 2019. Okay. Or 2020, okay. sorry. I was about to say, because I was like, yeah, I went to... right before COVID. Well, I went to 2019. I was like, and I was like, that's the year they had Monster Hunter, right? <laughs> like, PC? No. So, no. We we missed each other by a year. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I played board games pretty much, like, all day with my friends for two days straight. And we did, like, a lot of the indie games... I went to a couple of the panels. There's like huge game rooms where they had all the consoles set up. And it's interesting because now I wonder how they're going to do PAX online. We have to go look at the schedule now, don't we? Yeah, we do have to look at the schedule. We'll do that at a later time. But I'd like to plan my my week for that too. Siri, help me. I'm the scheduler. I always look ahead at Um, things. (laughs) But yeah, so because PAX is all about it's almost like that one's more geared for interacting with the different companies and trying out their games. So I don't know how that's going to work with PAX Online. I guess they're going to do more like trailer-based, panel-based stuff. Um, but it is a whole week long, so there's a lot for everybody to kind of tune in. I'm wondering if they might give out like special codes for people to access beta tests of the games uh, or something like that. Maybe. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's how I imagine they'd do it. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch any other panels, right? I think that was it. Oh, I watched a lot. Um, There's like something else I watched too, but I, I can't mean, remember. I watched... If we go back to the like, more industry stuff, um, I guess the big one I, stay, I tuned into was the Dr. Stone focus panel where they talked to the directors and producers of that and they announced that Season two is definitely coming January 2021, and they revealed a new poster art for it. 
they talked about how, you know, all the dub is done, but then they started recently on dubbing. Oh, no, I messed up. I messed up. All the subbed is done. The, the subbed is done. And mm. then they recently started doing the dub for episode one. So that is coming. So I was real excited about that because I love me some Aaron D- Dismook. <laughs> Dismooke. Dismooke. Aaron Dismook. I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> uh, he's the voice of Senku. And that's why I got my keychain. Yeah. So Dr. Stone, that was really exciting. Uh, I stopped in the Crunchyroll virtual industry panel where they talked about new shows coming out, all the new merchandise. Just, it, I guess it was kind of like an update, a quarterly update. Yeah, let's call it a quarterly update of what Crunchyroll is doing. Uh, they talked about, I know one of the big ones I couldn't listen to was Sword Art Online. The, the last part is all finished. It's going to be ready for a watch on Crunchyroll. So I had to walk mm-hmm. away while they talked about that one. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was there. Uh, I remember Siri was telling me, tell me when it ends. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one anime that a lot of people were really um, getting hype about, and it actually looked interesting, was called Noblesse. I call it Noblesse, but some people pronounce it Noblesse. So I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, you haven't seen Eden of the East, but they have a there's a phrase that the woman on the phone says, uh, Noblesse oblige. So. Yeah, so I can give you a little backstory on Noblesse. Okay, let's go. Um, it is actually a manual, a webtoon, uh, similar to okay. how Crunchyroll has been doing God of High School, uh, Tower of God, I think. I don't know if Onyx Equinox, Equinox is also a webtoon, but I, I mean, Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll has been doing a ton of uh, webtoon ad- adaptation animes, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but I. Don't quote me on it. I just don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with that show. Um, I just know Tower of God, God of High School, and Noblesse have been probably one of the top three kind of like shonen webtoons. It's not really shonen because it is Korean, but Noblesse is the only one out of the three that's actually been fully completed. So people have been waiting for an anime adaptation for I don't know how long, but the story is super good. Um, really cool combat. It's a long plot, I would say, and it it's got vampires. It's got okay. I thought vampire I was like, it has vampires. That's it's why I like werewolves. it. It's got dark um, elements to it. <laughs> everybody loves Frankenstein. Um, there's a Frankenstein in there, and yeah, I can see why everybody loves him. He he is a great character. Um, uh, you'd probably like him too. Yeah, if you just read a little bit of it, Siri, I I think Frankenstein would be your favorite character. <laughs> hey, well, you heard it here first, listeners, on Enter the Chat podcast. Qua is projecting that I will be gravitating towards Frankenstein and Noblesse. <laughs> There's another character in there, too, but I can't remember his name that I think you would like as well. But yeah, that could right. be a later thing um, when you watch the show, once yeah. it comes out. Uh, but I'm kind of I kind of appreciate Country Roll kind of stepping out of the the Japanese realm and kind of using great stories from other cultures to create shows as well because these show these webtoons have been or manhwas have been popular for ages like um no please no has probably I think it has like 600 800 chapters I was about to right? ask yeah how, how long is it of, yeah it's a ton of ton of qu- quality chapters that they can make a story out of 
and God of High School and Tower of God have great stories as well that a lot of people have been waiting to get a chance to see an animation of it. Yeah, those were definitely two big panels as well. Tower of God and God of High School that they mm-hmm. talked about, at least that I saw on the schedule. I didn't yep. know what they were, but mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that I said this on our last episode. I'm glad that Crunchyroll, too, to your point, is reaching out to find new content and share and spread the wealth of creating anime. Mm-hmm. That was just a repeat of what you said. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, quick pivot. We, we both fat. Uh, we both fat. We both sat in for fans by fans. The anime tropes roulette. Oh, man. So that wasn't what I expected at all. Me I mean, either. <laughs> so I was expecting like if you're going to give random tropes that you draw like unique characters based on the tropes but no these two artists are actually comic artists that have done their own comic right and so they they made their characters into the tropes that the the fans had like voted yeah, the, for i guess the the guy who was because it featured two artists one guy one girl the guy he has a um his own comic like qua said it's pugly pug so he do like a pug every time and it was cute and then the girl did like a it's a parrot i think or some kind of bird named mako that was her character i don't know but so they both did like animal based anime tropes yeah i guess kwa and i both expected just random like just artists like anime artists yeah to... not that it wasn't entertaining or anything i thought oh, that no was yeah the most entertaining panels that i went to because they had really fun conversations while they were drawing but the drawings were just not what i expected at all not that they were bad drawings they were good just i didn't expect what i got yeah i think like i said i think we were both expecting like anime traditional anime caricature you know Um, because i was interested to see if they matched up like if the two artists had the same kind of thought process of drawing Mm -hmm. but we definitely didn't get that That's fine. I'm not complaining. It was a fun way to end uh, the weekend. I think that was the last panel I saw, right? Yes, and I I was watching that one while watching the cosplay tips and tricks. I was trying to listen to both. (laughs) Yeah, I was giving her updates as we were drawing. That's another thing, too, is when you go to panels in person, you gotta sacrifice unless you cut one in half the time and then you go to the next one. Mm -hmm. But usually you're missing a lot. But this one, with the virtual setting, you can have two maybe three if you're that that pro you can have multiple ones up at the same time and try to tune into them too many audios to pay attention to can't do it yeah i was trying to watch the one piece (laughs) film while watching the anime with food foodies oh that's right that's right i was surprised you actually like wanted to not focus on one well i had already seen the one piece arc series in the series so i i wasn't missing any plot or anything so i just didn't I just like watched watched it to the side without audio because I kind of knew what was going on already, um, and I really wanted to pay attention to the recipes. Yeah, true, true. Well, also, now you know the, where to find the recipes. So <laughs> yeah, also the clips of the anime makes me really want to check out that anime because it just feels like a really wholesome, happy anime. I don't know. It's it's called Laid Back Camp. Uh, I'll add it to my backlog of anime I need to watch. But so yeah, yep. All, All right. right. Well, like we said, it was a great experience to go to an anime con. 
So great job, Crunchyroll, on your Crunchyroll yeah. Expo. It was, I think it was very well done, I think. Um, I kind of want to go check it out live when they start going back to in person. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. but I think it's, where is it? It's at San Jose McNary Convention Center. Where is What's that? What's the date on it? Uh, August 6th to 8th. Mm. We'll see is, if I have time. <laughs> this is in California, San Jose, California. Yeah. yeah, that's where their headquarters are. That makes sense. So you may see us at Crunchyroll Expo next year in person. Yeah, that should be fun. I know San Jose, too. I used to live there. Oh, yeah, that's like not far down from L.A., is it? San Jose? I didn't live in L.A. I did. Yes, I just had family in San Jose, so I know I know the Asian areas in San Jose, that's for sure. I'm just kidding. What are you looking at? It's uh, San Jose is five hours north of Los yeah, Angeles. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just Googled it. All right. Well, that's all the time we've had. We've kept this one pretty short for today, trying to keep, keep them consistent. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. We'll be on. I know for sure now we're going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker. I Pocket can't remember. Cast. Pocket Cast. I think we're about to be on Google Podcasts, but that's I haven't checked in a while to see if we we're on there yet. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, we have podcasts everywhere, and we'll have more live episodes soon so that everyone can join us. Because we miss you guys. Yeah, this was not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Out. Audi.